How much time till we're on? Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV, captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia, train for the sport you play, building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. Oh, yeah. Hello. Welcome to it. It's a Wednesday night edition of Sports Day. Jason Matthews in the Sports Day studio, flying solo. With a bit of help from Daddy Vass, uh, he'll be joining me uh, soon. What a big day it's been. What a massive day in sport. Of course, the third test, Australia versus Pakistan, underway at the home of Australian cricket, the SCG. Uh, Geez, it looked good today. Absolutely magnificent. Over 32,000 fans flocking to the SCG for a hope of a glimpse of little Davey Warner playing his final test match, and they got it late this afternoon when he came out to face an over. How he didn't get out in that first over, uh, I don't know. I'll catch up with uh, another great New South Welshman. Uh, Gavin Robinson will be joining us uh, soon to to wrap up day one of the third test uh, at the SCG. Uh, hello to all our listeners through the Super Radio Network, uh, SCN Track and the SCN app. Um, you can get involved anytime. 0457 736 736. That's the text. Um, you can call 1300 0111 70 as well. Don't forget our socials. Sports Day SEN uh, on TikTok, Instagram SENQ, and on X, Sports Day NSW. Uh, thanks to our partners too. Kia, Epic has arrived, the all-electric Kia EV9, World Gym Australia, improving lives through fitness, uh, and Nutrient Ag Solutions, going further for Australian farmers. It's a massive, massive show tonight. Not only have we got the Dave Warner farewell test uh, happening at the SCG, ask Daddy, I'm I'm pretty cranky tonight. But anyway, uh, the other thing we've got going on is some big news in the rugby league world from Jerome Luai. Probably the toughest decision um, of my career and probably life so far. So without further ado, man, um, for 2025, I'll be heading to the West Tigers to continue my career. The obvious reason was a great opportunity for me to provide and create for my family, but um, also to create something for myself. I've had a great connection with Benji, and he's sort of, we've just spoken about the future and, and what he sees in me and moving forward. So I'm really excited about it. Um, excited about the challenge as well. Um, like I've seen a few headlines about, you know, who would go from the top to the bottom sort of thing. And, and it resonated with me just because um, I'm always backing myself to win no matter where I go. I'm excited for the challenge, like I said, and hopefully I can bring that, that belief to the boys in 2025. Yeah, Benji gets his man, uh, Jerome Luai, joining the West Tigers in 2025. Still another season to play out uh, at the Panthers. Joining us now, the man who's doing early hours at the moment, I don't know how he's doing it, uh, on SEN Breakfast with Jimmy Smith at the moment, and also uh, league writer for the Daily Telegraph and the Sunday Telly, uh, Michael Carianis. Thanks for joining us on Sports Day. No, pleasure. How you going? Good, mate. How are you coping with those early hours and having to share a confined <laughs> space with Jimmy Smith? Yeah, that's more of a concern, the, <laughs> the amount of hours I've got to spend with Jimmy. No, no, it's not too bad. Um, uh, I'm, yeah, bed early, though. So, um, a busy day today. 
Oh, mate. Today. Look, it's funny last night on Sports Day, we're just chatting about what's happened with the 10 days and we weren't sure whether it included included public holidays, whether it was only work days. Is this the public service? Is it like a banking system? <laughs> How does it work? He's confirmed today, as you just heard, he's going to the West Tigers in 2025. A big coup for Benji Marshall. Yeah, huge sign-in for, for the West Tigers. Uh, it's a massive sort of confidence in Benji Marshall and his direction there because Jerome Law, you know, he, you can't deny where he's standing in the game at the moment. Three-time Premiership winner, uh, New South Wales player, Samoan player, uh, you know, heading to the peak of his powers. and You know, he's going to leave the three-time Premier to link up with a two-time wooden spooner. It's just unheard of. Uh, but he gets to be the main man. He spoke about that at the press conference today. Um, stepping out of the shadow, I guess, of um, some of his Penrith teammates and gets to run the show, and uh, that's what he plans to do in 2025. Now, we're just we're talking off the air today, uh, our producer, Carlin, and myself. We're just talking about what's going to happen. Uh, at the moment, you've got Dewey in that position. He's only got one year left on his contract at the Tigers. You'd imagine they probably wouldn't go with another year if, if, if Luai is going to play in the sixth jersey. Do you think he, he'll stay in a sixth jersey or can you see him moving to seven at the West Tigers? Yeah, I think uh, I think he'll wear the number seven. He wasn't sure on that today, but speaking to people in and around the West Tigers, that's definitely the plan and it's more of a statement, uh, I guess, as well to say, you know, number seven, you're the director. Um, this is this is your site. Um, so it, he'll, he'll get a chance to, to do that. Um, he's done that for... Tomorrow a bit and, and run the side there and um, has had success in, in um, Cleary's absence at time for, for Penrith as well. But, yeah, he has to wear the number seven for mine. It's, it doesn't make a difference to the way he plays, but it's just a bit more of a, of a statement for him to, to run around in, in that number seven jersey. How big is this for the West Tigers in a broader sense? Now that they've got him, they've got Appy, will this attract... Other good quality players to the club for 2025? It'll make it a bit easier. Um, you know, when you've got Jareem Buller at fullback, Appy at nine, and, and now Luai in the half, that becomes an elite spine. When you look at and you break down spines, that becomes a top eight spine if you sat there and, and worked them all out. That's, that's one of the best, well, edging towards the, the better ones in the competition and a far cry from what the Tigers have produced or been able to put out in, in, in recent years. You know, they lost Luke Brooks heading in, into this year and essentially they've replaced him with, with Jerome Luai. And, um, you'd have to say that's an upgrade um, of what, you know, what Luke Brooks has been able to produce for, for the Tigers in the last couple of years. And um, I think it will make it easier for him. You know, they put out of Adam Fenor Blake solely focused on Jerome Luai and um, they've been rewarded now with, with, with a massive signing. Uh, you were at the media conference today. Uh, it's a five-year deal. Is it still worth about six mil? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a five-year deal worth about $1.2 million a season. So, you know, that will take him to becoming one of the highest-paid players in yeah. the competition. I think um, Callum Pong is on about 1.4. Munster's probably on a little bit over 1.2 around that mark. So, you know, he'd been the top five highest-paid players in the competition. And, you know, to his credit, he admitted that, yeah, it's a risk. When you're going to throw that sort of money at, at, at someone, um, you know, there's going to be question marks if um, they're going to deliver or not. So, um, you know, there's, there's no doubt about the expectation that's going to come with, with such a big paycheck. Hey, were the Bulldogs ever a chance, Michael? Huge chance. Yeah, 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 yeah. Huge chance. 
um, given his relationship with Cameron Serraldo. Stephen Crichton's one of his best mates is there. Kikau's there. Matt Burden's there. Um, it was probably the easier choice, I guess, once he decided to leave Penrith, which it would be to end up at um, the Bulldogs because of that connection that he has with Serraldo and Crichton and the rest of the players that, that I mentioned there. And the fact that, you know, the, the Rosses, uh, you know, Canterbury were probably further along if you added him into the mix as well. Um, in, in terms of uh, a finals-bound roster, it's going to be a little bit harder at the West Tigers. But, you know, he's taken that plunge, he's taken that risk, and, uh, you know, it's going to be such an interesting subplot to the 2025 season. So was the offer just not strong enough? Is that is that the case? Um, I, well, the, the West Tigers one was, was superior yep. um, in terms of monetary value, no doubt. But whether it was, you know, I don't think there was a huge difference between the offers. I think Tigers sat at the top and the Bulldogs and then, and then Penrith, if we're ranking them in terms of um, financial um, benefits for, for Jerome. But I don't think there was a huge difference between the Canterbury offer and, and the Tigers offer. It was the desire to play under Benji Marshall and, and write his own history, I think, is what he alluded to yeah, today. Yeah, yeah, going from the penthouse to the you-know-what. Um You've been outspoken, and, and I made light of it at the start of this chat, but the CBA new 10-day cooling-off period, what, what are your thoughts? It, it seems like it's been a bit of a mess. Oh, it's a waste of time. It truly is an absolute waste of time. I don't understand it um, because it doesn't really mean anything. So, it, like, Penrith waived that 10-day cooling-off period with Jerome, so it didn't come into calculations here. But if... Um, for example, the, that he that the tiger that the Penrith didn't waive the cooling off period, he could have quite easily. The way it works is that the Tigers would have lodged a contract with, with the NRL and said, um, you know, this is the contract we're going to offer Jerome, and so, then the NRL would would notify the Panthers uh, and right. say, look, we've received an offer for um, Jerome Luai. Um, you know, you've got 10 days to, to respond. They won't know how much it was and they wouldn't know the club. Um, but at the end of the 10 days, there's no obligation for the player to take up that deal. So it's a waste of time. Yeah, right. It's an absolute waste of time. So it'd be just easier if if Jerome's manager went to the Panthers and said, we've got this offer. It's for this. Well, it's... it's the, or is it's it to stop, stop the bluffing on a little bit, I guess. Yeah, but right, it, yeah. It's, but you... The only way this can work and the only way I would support it is if at the end of the 10 days, that player had to join that club. So there was genuine intent there to, to sign with that club. Um, because it's not forced upon them, it's meaningless. It's a waste of time. And you can right. still play those games because I can go sign for a completely different club. It doesn't have to be my incumbent club after that 10-day period. So um, I, I don't really like it and I don't think the rules... Um, going to be any benefit to the game whatsoever. I think the further mess too, and I don't know what your thoughts, Michael Karianis, what your thoughts are on this as well. The fact now that he's agreed to terms with the West Tigers and now he's got to play out a whole season at the yeah. Panthers, oh, I just think that makes a mockery of it as well. It's like, I, I don't know why we can't have a window in the middle of the year where you can sign players for the following and after the season. I mean, how long do you need to get your Ducks ducks in line to be able to move clubs. I, I just, yeah, I, I don't know. How would Panthers fans be feeling today? Tigers fans would be looking at it and going, well, you know, do we write off 2024 knowing that 2025 is going to be a better year? I just think you sign for a club and you go there, 
you know, sooner than what we we do now? It's hard because, you know, a lot of fans don't like it. But on the flip side, what's the alternative? Like, Jerome has got this sort of out of the way in the off-season. I'd rather, if I'm a club, I'd rather have right. that sorted before a ball's kicked off and okay. instead of the middle of the season and, and it becomes a distraction. Um, you know, everyone knows where Jerome's going and, and, you know, in the next couple of days, that will settle. So there won't be a distraction, you know, during the season. And we've seen Penrith be able to cope with a, a lot of players signing 12 months out, essentially, to, to join rival clubs. So, and, and on the flip side as well, uh, it may give the Tigers fans some hope. You know, they'll look at Jerome play now a, a little bit closely and go, okay, if things don't go our way in 2024, well, at least he's coming. At least that may be, may yeah. be some hope and it re-engages that fan base. I don't I don't have a perfect solution, but I'm not totally anti right. um, the current system. You just hope he doesn't get injured, right? That's that's the big one. Of course, well, you'd be crossing everything. Yeah, of course. <laughs> hey, before that's I let you risk. go, that's the risk. Before I let you go to bed, uh, Steve from Dubbo has been <laughs> on the text. Uh, he's right about the cooling off period. Complete waste of time, but then goes on to say, "I'm a big fan of Michael Carianis, despite the fact he's a para basher." Uh, any... uh, I don't know. I've, I've, I don't know. I've developed this reputation over the last couple of days of bashing para. I don't, I don't know. I just don't have them in my top eight for this year. That's all. Michael, no issue with para. Michael, this is sports day, mate. The listeners are brutal. All right, I just want to let you know that. <laughs> and listen, I've got to ask you this before you go as well. Jack Cogger, how do you yeah. reckon he's feeling today? Interesting one. My thoughts did go there um, a, a little bit. You know, would things have been different for the Panthers and and Jack Cogger if they knew Jerome was leaving? I'm not sure, but he's taken up, you know, a good deal to return to the Newcastle Knights. Um, you know, 12 months to have a holding pattern for someone at his stage of his career as well might not have been ideal. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it is an interesting one, and, and I wonder if uh, the Panthers might have flipped their their thoughts um, if they had, if they knew what was coming. But you, you don't know. And, and a player of Jerome's ilk deserves that time. And, um, yeah. You know, so I, I don't think Penrith would have changed anything. All right, Michael Carianis, good luck tomorrow morning being in a confined space with uh, Jimmy Smith when you do SEN Breakfast in in Sydney and Brisbane tomorrow. And, of course, uh, we look forward to your, your words at the Daily Telegraph and the Sunday Te- Telegraph. Thanks for joining us on Sports Day. Pleasure, anytime. Thank you. There goes Michael Karianis, the best in the business. He knows his stuff. And, yeah, the news today that Luai has confirmed that he is going to the West Tigers for five years. Six million bucks from 2025. Big news. Big news for the club indeed. By the way, on the rest of the show tonight, uh, Gavin Robinson, the SCN cricket commentator, that must have leaked out because I've already had texts from Rooster Mars saying, Woogie, could you say day to Robbo for me? So I'll make sure I do that. Does he know you, Rooster Mars, or are you just going to come across as creepy? I'm, 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 I'm figuring the latter. Uh, we'll wrap up the, the first day of the third test. Actually, I think I might have mentioned it off the top of the show. Uh, Panthers legend Trent Waterhouse uh, will be joining us as well. Sats and I spoke to him uh, a couple of a months ago. And if you're just joining us, Pakistan all out for 313 in their first innings. They won the toss today and elected to bat. At one stage, they'll nine for two, they'll, they'll four for 60-odd. They're nine for 227, a wonderful 86-run partnership uh, for the 10th wicket. Um, and some good individual performances for Pakistan, but I think 313 is about 100 shy of where they want to be. Um, in reply, one over for the Aussies, none for six, all off the bat of Dave Warner. He 
should have almost played on. I was praying to God that he was going to play on. But no, I wasn't doing that. I wouldn't be that cruel, would I? Um, but the Aussies are none for six at the close of play. I want to talk to Robbo, one of the things, and I want to get your thoughts on this as well, 0457 736 736. The overrate today is disgusting. Or sussing, as Sats would say, we got 78.1 overs for a day's play and they went an extra half an hour. We, fans of Test Cricket, are being robbed. How can you not bowl 90 overs in a day's play with an extra half hour's play. Yeah, I know there was 10 wickets, but even up the first session, um, Nathan Lyon had bowled something like four or six overs out of the 24. They bowled 24 overs in the second session. Yes, there were six wickets in the first session, but in the second session, there weren't as many wickets and they still only bowled 24 overs. There is too much time wasting going on in test cricket. The people are paying their good money at the SCG today. want to see 90 overs. Get to it. Now, Australia will be punished for this. We'll lose money in the world test rankings. Oh, we'll lose points, I should say, in the world test rankings. We'll see how that unfolds as well. What, what is the penalty? I know we talked about last week on the show, but should the players be fined? Should the players be fined for slow over rate? There's no, Australia bowled seven, well, sorry, Australia bowled 77.1 overs and Pakistan bowled one over at the end of, End of play tonight. That's disgusting from the Aussies today. Bad overrate. Bad overrate. What do you think? 0457 736 736. We'll go to a break when we come back. Uh, the man who's performing live tonight with six and out, Gavin Robinson. He's been a part of the SCN commentary team today uh, at the third test. We'll get a wrap from him next here on Sports Day. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. Sajid's first ball with a two to Warner. Off the mark, first ball with a boundary. How often has it been that way in Warner's career? Given a little bit of width outside the off stump, goes back and crunches it into a nice big gap. SCN Cricket's Adam Collins calling the first ball that Dave Warner faced uh, this afternoon. Pakistan 313 all out. Australia after one over, none for six. A man who was part of the SCN commentary team today just... Ripping it up the airways. Loved his work today. Gavin Robinson joining us on Sports Day. Robbo, how are you, mates? Good, thanks, Jake. How are you, mate? I'm very good, mate. What an enthralling day's cricket today. Over 32,000 at the wonderful SCG. I call it Australia's home of cricket. What was that atmosphere like as the day was building and the crowd was anticipating that Dave Warner may come out to bat? Well, I thought that was firstly uh, a very courageous thing to do. There was numerous people thinking that Nate, they saw Nathan Lyon racing off the field. They thought he was going to <laughs> open the batting and basically take over the last over and face it all, which he didn't. Nate, uh, Dave Warner went out there and did it. And look, I just take my hat off to him. The other thing, the crowd was, you know, an emotional time. That's, that's also good. But also the crowd, they ran through the emotional part of the day because... One minute we were on top, and theoretically, 
Australia were on top all day, but to be able to fight back and get 313 made the game, I would call it close to 50-50. Really? Instead of being an 80%. Oh, look, I, you know, they were gone. At 4 for 50, they looked mm. really in trouble, and we were bowling extremely well. Uh, a couple of chances. What if they were knocked over for 160? You know, I mean, let's yeah. face it, we're facing a three-day game, and it's, it's all over. It was, for me, the Ray... If you look at Rizwan, it was an attitude. It wasn't, oh, well, we're not going very well. Things aren't great. He took it on. He changed the pace of the game. He then had to change uh, a captain's ideas where my, Pat Cummins had to start to rethink and change his plans. So, look, from the public's point of view, paying your money, going to watch a sport that's providing entertainment, the day was filled with it. Yeah, what about the, the knock, the last, the... the the tenth uh, partnership it was about eighty-six runs for that last wicket. I think they were nine for two twenty-seven at one stage. And a bloke is playing his third Test match. Amir Jamal made a wonderful eighty-two of ninety-seven balls, including a wonderful reverse sweep for six. What a gutsy innings that was! Oh yeah, the word astonishing has to be used. I mean, nobody thought that he could do what he did. We're not talking about the most experienced player in the game, are we? We're no. talking about someone that theoretically is an apprentice, but I thought he, um, his understanding of owning what to do and when to do it. Look, let's be honest about it. We're going to toss the coin and say, look, Australia, very much unsure of their tactics. And we, did 50, we played 50 minutes of a, a role that obviously will be named as a negative mode of of how you're going to play the game. Yeah. But we change things around. Obviously, we take the wicket and we move on. But I think that that was an hour where it allowed Pakistan to fight back. It allowed them to be in the game still. And what if they bowl well tomorrow? So it's uh, it's still on for young and old, and I'm looking forward to it. Now, I've got a text from one of our regulars, Rooster Muzz. He says he knows you. Is that Can you confirm that? Most people who played cricket in Sydney, <laughs> yeah. and uh, even I've been, you know, look, everyone knows Rooster Mars. He's a, a bit of a sporting guru with regards oh, to stop knowledge. It. Loves his sport. He does love his sport. And um, you know what I love about him? He's a straight talker. He tells you straight. Doesn't leave you <laughs> with any type of indecision about where you're at. Right. He told me to ask you about your tea. But anyway, I want to move on because he sent a text through. And I've got to agree with a lot of this, but he says bizarre delusional DRS choices, bizarre delusional bowling changes, bizarre delusional field placements, and all not for the first time. He says, nice one, solar panel, Pat. Now, I've got to, I, 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 as well as Jamal batted, I don't think at any stage Australia tried to get him out. Yeah, I agree. I think that what happened was we'll, we'll do the... Let's bowl short. Let's see if he makes a mistake. And that mistake might cost us 20, 30, at the most, 40 runs. It ended up costing about 90 runs. What happened was I really thought that it was a, a perfect test match cricket batting effort because here we are, and hands up, just head down, play straight. Now, how can number 11 come in yeah. and look theoretically or from a technical point of view perfect at defending all the bowlers from, from Nathan Lyon right through the list. 
Now, how can he perfectly forward defend them yeah. and not look like missing the ball? So yep. it says to me, technique is important. What he did, I think that some of his top six batsmen should, should look at. Because if you watch the ball and play good technique, and we're, we're talking about a very good cricket wicket here. So Australia, if they learn anything, is to, let's go out and play this way. Play straight, play the line of the ball, create a long innings, create a, a situation where I score 156 in a, a, a day. And my other batsman, someone gets 88 and someone comes out and gets 50. Now we're talking test cricket and we're talking large scores and owning the pressure of the day. Hey, uh, Gavin, I want to talk, Rob, I want to talk to you about the, the slow overrated. Myself and a lot of listeners are getting frustrated by this. And I love test cricket. I think it's still the best form of, of cricket, even though countries are sending third-rate teams and, and not playing much test cricket yeah. now. But today, only 48 overs until lunch. So 24 in the first session, 24 in the second session. Then at the end of the yeah. day, even with an extra half an hour, 78.1 overs bowled. The fans are being ripped off and, and the cricketers are taking the P155 out of them. Do you know what the cricketers will say to you? They will say, have you got a figure, a minutes or second figure, on how long the reviews took? And I wonder, and they'll argue, okay, well, the reviews took up this amount of minutes. There's another four just call it four to five overs, right? So I still think when it's all said and done, at grade level, between 11 o'clock at 6 o'clock, you're knocking out 100 overs. Like, let's speed up the game. Yes. Like, let's... Because the game needs it. The game... Is, <coughs> excuse me. If you're going to tell the world that T20 is the model, that that is the way we are heading in this game, then let's go back to the old-style test match cricket and speed it up and get through your 90 plus overs a day. Well, keep them playing or something. Do something until we reach the 90 overs. Because I tell you what, reviews are introduced, Robbo, but the um, are you getting attacked by a bird at the moment, mate? Are you okay? Yeah, well. <laughs> I, I, first look, time. I, first I, time. I, I, look, let's, see, let's, let's say what pe- no one's saying. <laughs> reviews Get what reviews them. have become, reviews have become that thing where, oh, how can I say it? Reviews just, just say have it. become that thing. Well, it's, it's a way of sponsorship, etc. Yeah, you know, right. Someone will sponsor, a, you know, and it's time yep. where they, you know, they bring sponsorship and money. It's, it's about eyeballs. The sport and the game has so much money in it now. It is about sponsorship and it's about eyeballs or so ears listening to it. We don't give a stuff about the fans who pay their hard earned to go to the game. That's what we and, and that's that's nope. what I'm seeing. And and we we've even discussed after the last test, cricket has a wonderful way of not you know, for for not playing. And today we saw another three or four minute delay because there was a small hole in the widest side screen I've ever seen in my life and a batsman didn't want to face up and it was nowhere near in his eye line. Like it's getting ridiculous, yeah. Robbo. That's right. Anyway. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I, I don't know if we're going to, you know, sort all that stuff out. Now, listen. So, uh, I think 
Yeah. I don't think we can. I don't think you and I are going to sort it out. I want to talk about something else before I let you go. I know you've got a busy night. You're commentating all day and then you're being a rock star at night. Six and out are back. Yeah. And, and you're playing a gig tonight. So it's Shane Lee, Richard Chiqui, Brad McNamara, yourself, where, where, uh, and Brett Lee, of course. Where are you playing tonight in Sydney? We are playing at the Paddo RSL. We come on about 8.30 and we'll play a two-and-a-half-hour live rock show what? of about 28 songs. And there's some classic songs. And let me, let me just tell you immediately, <laughs> yeah. we don't go and play a James Taylor. We go and lean in, like growing up in the 70s, 80s, and even 90s in this country where you leave the gig sweating and you've rocked it. <laughs> and it's no different really than a rose tattoo or an angels or a midnight oil because we don't we don't play nice soft songs. Right, we, like this. Here. We rock on. I've got something from you guys. And we don't at... let anyone wonder. Rob, I've got something from you guys at the ESPY. Do you remember that night? I sure do. It was magnificent. And it's a uh, highway well, to hell, bit of ACDC. I think... I think you'll find um, it is Highway to Hell. And to quote a gentleman before we went on stage, he saw the list and he said, oh, come on. What, you're playing Highway to Hell? And I said, yeah, we are. And he said, how's Cheeks going to go with singing that song? And I said, actually, he doesn't. I said, the drummer has to sing that song. And he goes, "What? what, you're singing it? I said, mate, I've only been singing it for 31 years, so hopefully I'll get it right again tonight. Hopefully you do. And, um, yeah. Hopefully you get it right So I got tonight. a little bit lucky. Yeah, I got a little bit lucky many years ago. Sort of, I found out apparently I had a high key and got stuck with all the ACDC <laughs> and cultures or something. Good on you, mate. Look forward to that gig tonight at the Paddo. Before I go, is it true? I heard a story the other day, and I, I can't remember where I heard it. Was, it. was it true that Brett Lee had a car... Uh, one, he had a whole bunch of CDs in his car and thieves yeah. broke into it, stole all the CDs except for six and out. Is that is that just a nasty rumour or is that true? <laughs> As the great uh, Foghorn and Leghorn would shout out when we were little kids at primary school, I say, I say, I say, that's a joke, son. <laughs> that's a joke. I uh, know, so, that didn't happen, but yeah. Well, we're looking forward to tonight and uh, look, we're somehow... We are back and running, and um, we thought we'd finished in 2005. I think we'd sold 41,500 albums, and we thought that's the end, and well, maybe it might not be. Oh, good on you, mate. Enjoy the gig tonight. I, again, as I said off the top, I've loved your commentary today on SEN Cricket. What an enthralling day, too, we've got tomorrow at the SCG. Let's hope the weather uh, is kind to us like it was today. Dave Warner resuming six not outs. Usman Khawadri's good mate at the non-strikers uh, and zero. Hasn't faced a ball yet. None for six, the Aussies are chasing 313. Gavin Robinson, thanks for your time on Sports Day, mate. Cheers. Thanks, Jase. Take care. You too, mate. There he goes. One of the great guys. And what an amazing cricketer he was as well, Gavin Robinson. So there you have it. If you're in the Sydney area tonight, head to the Pado RSL and watch them perform for two and a half hours. And get ready for Robbo's high voice. Singing Highway to Hell. He does sing eventually. Where is it? Here it is.
go. Six and out tonight at the Paddo Hotel. And we look forward to day two of the third test at the SCG tomorrow on SEN Cricket. Live coverage from 9am Australian Eastern Summertime. Break time. Uh, that's our cricket update, by the way. Brought to you by Tui's. I feel like a Tui's or two. Drink responsibly. This is Sports Day. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. Try and get away from some of my favourite songs while Satsy away. Welcome back to Sports Day. Uh, Jason Matthews here tonight for Kia World Gym and our good friends at Nutrient Ag Solutions. Time for a BBL update. We've talked, we've crossed off uh, Jerome Luai going to the West Tigers and a fascinating day's cricket um, at the SCG today. Geez, it was a good day of cricket. It, well, actually, Pakistan, credit to them, even though they only made 313, they were in trouble so many times today. They were just, they were in... They were in deep, but they just managed through a couple of their batsmen just to find their way um, out of it. Rizwan's knock was superb. And, and, and as I said, towards the end, the 10th wicket partnership of 86, um, Jamal was was amazing. Third test. You know, he made his test debut when he came out to Australia. Third test, he's bowled well and what do you make? 80-odd, 80 88 or something like that today. Unbelievable. Good stuff. Good fight back from Pakistan and nearly had Dave Warner in the first over. How many of you were hoping Dave Warner was going to get a duck? 0457 736 736. By the way, while you're on the text machine tonight, I also want to know what you're doing, how you're listening to Sports Day tonight. Are you in the shed? Those in the shed having a couple of quiet ones and listening to Sports Day, they go to the top of the pack. But are you on holidays still? What are you up to? I'd love to know. 0457 736 736. Um, Bondi Jack's been on the text. Woods Kawaja just sent ICC an email saying he didn't like the World Championship uh, Test Championship points penalties and demanded a change. I don't know if it was – was it Kawaja? Uh, so bowling out Pakistan inside 80 overs is zero penalty. Oh, yeah, I suppose if they do. But I wonder what the penalty is uh, if, if Australia didn't bowl out uh, Pakistan today. So if Pakistan went to stumps at nine for and Australia had only bowled, say, I don't know, 79 overs, um, what what's the go there? What is the penalty? How many points do they lose? And is that is that a tough enough penalty? I reckon it's got to – you've got to hit the pocket, don't you? You've got to hit the pocket. Or shorten – if we're going to stick with these stupid reviews – I mean, why do you need three reviews per innings? I mean, Australia used them all today just through bad calls. But do you – like, Is it do we cut it down by one and have two reviews? Do we, cut, do we cut the lunch break down to, say, 30 minutes rather than 40 minutes? Does that help? Do we have a 15-minute tea break? What are your thoughts? 0457 736 736. Uh, BBL update. I was promising to get to that. Two games tonight. Two games tonight. Uh, one underway already. Heat won the toss, selected to field. Uh, game being played at Coffs Harbour. Uh, the Sixers, 
I'm just trying to find a, um, a score. Just waiting for it to come up on the telly. Amazing that they're even playing at this stadium. It was under so much water uh, the other day. We'll get to that in just a moment. Sixers welcome back international recruit Tom Curran, who served his four-match ban. Remember, he faked that he was going to run into the umpire by, you know, practicing his run-up when he shouldn't be doing it before the game. Uh, he's back tonight. Um, the Scorchers host the Strikers at Optus Stadium uh, later today. Two for 62 off 10 overs, uh, the Sixers at the moment. Um, that's going to be a big game. I reckon they'll have a crowd of over 40,000 at Optus Stadium. They love it in Perth, don't they? And the Strikers, Linny coming off 80-odd uh, the other night. Uh, he's in good form. Couldn't get the job done, but geez, it'd be nice to see Chris Lingo Burko at Optus Stadium tonight, wouldn't it? Last night, the Melbourne Stars beat the Renegades by eight wickets. Twelve balls left. Uh, Glenn Maxwell, a great game. Actually took three wickets and made 32 or 15 balls. He was not out uh, at the end. The Renegades are just terrible. Got off to a pretty good start. Only had 14 overs the face. They ended up making seven for 90-odd or 14 overs. They just lost their way. And they and Quentin de Kock got them off to a great start, but just... Yeah, fell away in the end. So uh, one final update, two for 62 at the moment. Tall Paul is bowling. He's got number seven off one over, and that's after 10 overs. So pretty slow score by the Sixers at the moment, but I don't know what the pitch is like. 0457 736 736. Uh, Rooster Muzz has just sent me a text now saying that he sent a text <laughs> to Robbo, Gavin Robinson. Mate, seriously, do you have to text me about everything? Like, I don't care, Rooster Mars. I love you, but I, I, I really don't care. Uh, this is Sports State. Thanks to Nutrient Ag Solutions going further for Australian farmers. Find your local branch at nutrient.com.au. Still to come, Trent Waterhouse joined Sats and I a month or so ago. We'll hear that chat again. Usman Kawaja spoke to um, a couple of the SCN team, Adam Collins and Barat Sundarazen before play today. And, you know, had a few things to say about growing up with Dave Warner and being a good mate of his. We'll hear that as well. And the big G's been on the text. G'day, Jace, listening on the app, driving home from work, four and a half hours. Have a good night. Cheers, the big G. What, you're driving for four and a half hours or do you only do four and a half hour day, big G? More info, please. More info. Sports day. Back in a moment. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. Yes, welcome back to the show. I was trying to find this. I've heard people say that. Yeah, baby. This is your new anything. theme song, I'm Daddy Bass. You, and Barry White suits a guy with the name Daddy. Oh, no, right <laughs> it's just not enough. Did you play this for the missile last night? Oh, no, <laughs> you should get her to play this as you walk in the house after work. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just as you put on your slippers, your robe, and smoke your pipe. That's what oh, you should do. I actually played it on the way home. Oh, you did? Oh, see, this is... Imagine that in your creepy van.
For those who don't know, listeners, welcome back to Sports Day, by the way. <laughs> um, uh, Jason Matthews, Daddy Vass, uh, super producer in the studio at the moment. He, um, he, he came back yesterday with a really deep voice. Mm. And you've got normally this long, drawn-out voice. But he came back yesterday. I was like, oh, who are you? Like, they've <laughs> dropped over Christmas. How do I sound today? Back to normal? Yeah, almost. Almost. Almost back to normal. By the way, in the Big Bash, six is two for 71 after 11 and a half overs. Big sexy Spencer Johnson, the $1.7 million man. Jeez, what would you do with 1.7 mil? Wouldn't be here. I'll tell you that much. What would you do, though? Oh, I'd be in Bali. Oh, yeah. Feed up. Crime scene has just sent a text. Hang on, what is this? You've got to stop encouraging the trolling of David Warner Woogie. It's becoming, it's unbecoming from a naysayer of your standing. Also, still recovering from my first bout of COVID. Don't know if my daughter brought it up from Melbourne. She didn't appear unwell, but some outsider is to blame. Damn you, Santa. Thank you, crime scene. I'll take your advice on board. Actually, before we get into some footy talk, uh, the latest on Dave Warner's baggy green. I haven't found my cap, so uh, as I said uh, in my in my video, if you have got my backpack, I will give you my backpack. All I want is those baggy greens back, please. Have you seen the meme going around today? No, what is it? It's um, a baggage handler holding Dave Warner's backpack, and it's um, Mitchell Johnson's face. Yeah, I've seen that one. That's good. That's funny. It's some good gear, eh? Hey, uh, the big news today, obviously, is uh, Jerome Luai confirmed to go to the West Tigers from 2025, Daddy. Mm. Um, Adam Dewey's got one year left on his contract. Currently plays in the sixth when he's fit. Mm. Um, will he get a contract past 2024? I don't, th- I don't think he will, and I don't think it's got anything to do with the West, like with Jerome Luai. Mm. I just think because injuries... Unless he takes a massive pay cut. Well, what he'd be on about 600, 650 now. Yeah. He, he, he could re sign for half that, playing the centres. But he won't. He won't. They, they do need some backup there. Brandon Wakeham had a great year filling in this year in the halves. Yeah, but what, who, well, what's who, a great year? Finishing last? What's the long term partnership with Luai there? Don't know. Mm. And as we spoke to Michael Carianis before, that was, that was interesting. He thinks he'll play seven. Yeah. So who's going to be the six? Uh, Caesar's playing seven jersey this year. Yep. I don't think he'll be there next year either. So I don't know. They'll find someone. They'll mm. find someone now. Now they've got his signature, they'll find someone to pair with him in the halves. So, all right, got to go to a break. This is Sports Day. Uh, thanks to Nutrient Ag Solutions. Going further for Australian farmers, find your local branch at nutrient.com.au. Trent Waterhouse, not far away. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. Welcome back. Second hour of Sports Day. Jace Matthews here. Uh, it is a Wednesday night. Plenty of sport going on. Um, big bash on at the moment. Four wickets down. They lost a couple of quick wickets while we're in the break. Four for 84. Now the sixes. 
After 13.2 overs, wonderful run out from uh, Nisa. I'm saying wonderful a lot tonight. A great run out from Michael Nisa to get rid of Henriques. Uh, so two new batsmen at the crease. Four for 82 is the score. Coffs Harbour looks amazing tonight. I can't believe they're actually playing after copping 300 mils of rain in 24 hours. If you saw the picture on social media, that, that pitch, the covers were floating. There was a stack of rain at um, the Coffs Harbour Stadium. So, anyway, they've got a game going. Four for 85 is the score. Curran um, is one, I think. Uh, no, four for 84 is the score, sorry. Curran, one. Silk is uh, two not out. 0457 736 736. I was, I was asking you before, what are you doing? What, where are you tonight? And what are you doing? A couple of great texts come through. Um, the big G said he's driving. Uh, he's had a 12-hour day. He's been away for seven days, and he's got a four-and-a-half-hour drive. So take it easy, mates. Uh, new text, Dale from Invergari. He's in the garage with my two Border Collies. Is there a better dog than a Border Collie? I mean, better than my dog, Lulu. She's horrible. But Border Collie's got to be the greatest dog. Enjoying the show while tuning my skis in preparation for a trip to Japan later this month. Good on you, Dale. Jeez. Is there a bit going on in um, Japan at the moment? Was there about 70 people dead after the earthquake the other day? And then you see those scenes of that plane, that uh, Japan Airlines plane land on another plane. Um, yeah, incredible. Absolutely incredible. They're going through a bad time at the moment, Japan. Uh, what else is there? Woogie and Barry. Oh, he means, sorry. When, I say, when he means Barry... It means Daddy Bass. Mr. Mars busy cooking garlic king prawn kebabs on the barbie and having numerous twoies old stubbies. Geez, life is tough. All right, mate, shut up. I'll be home in just over an hour. I think I, I don't know if I'm having prawns. Though. I don't know what the miso is cooking tonight. And I'm not being sexist. She's cooking dinner for everyone, so I've got no idea what's going on there. Uh, and just on Daddy Vass, someone wants to know, oh, it's crime scene, is the Vass... In daddy, Vass, short for anything. Like Vaseline, vasectomy, just wondering. No, it's his last name. His last name. He, can't, he doesn't have a, a fake first name and a fake surname. It's daddy, Cohen daddy Vass. So there you go. Uh, look who's on the phone. Glenn, how are you? Oh, he's not there. Bonus. Hello, Glenn. Try again. Glenn, you're there. Oh, what a pity. Ah, oh, well, no time for Glenn tonight. Uh, he's been on the text machine as well. Um, what is it? Oh, this is what he said. Don't panic. The dadster and Justin, the first Waratah West Wacky Wednesday with the bulging bevy. What, what is he going on about? Glenn, are you there this time? I am here, mate. I am here. Your text Thanks makes no sense. Call again. Sorry? I said, your text makes no sense. It makes a lot of sense, mate. Uh, but anyway, I'm here now, so don't worry about the text. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not worried about it. Justin, listener, and my thousands of followers, yes. <sighs> it's the New Year's version of Waratah West Wacky Wednesday with future Hall of Famer Glenny and the Bulging well, Bevy. Hang on, stop. Stop. First of all, who, who is the Bulging Bevy? There's... There's plenty more girls have joined, mate. That's just so anyway. Be, so, be, so I join think, what? I think, 
Have you got a cult? Well, the bevy. The bevy it's of not women. A cult, it's a bevy. Bevy of beauties, mate. Oh, I sent no. you in a photo to prove why they're they're joining. Uh, so I won't mention the cricket, mate. You've covered that. But I just wanted to give you a quick update on right. Victorian country racing journalist Connor Ryan. Right. Who continues his million-dollar minute run. He just missed out on the guaranteed second safety net of 300k this morning by one question. Right. I'm sure he'll give it. Hang on, mate. Just a little bit. Oh, what? Hurry up. Given the, given the success of my award-winning novel titled... Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to our listeners for letting that go too far. I'm very sorry. Uh, Woogs. Gav Robbo was walking solo up the hill from the SCG to Pado RSL while panting to you on the blower. Chiqui and Lee would have cabbed it from Drive Avenue, but Gavin is too much of a tight ass. Ah, uh, to spend three dollars with him. That's Bondi Jack. I'll share that. I'll, I'll make sure he gets that text message. Uh, Bondi Jack, thank you, mate, for for that. Uh, coming up, we're going to hear what Kawaja has to say about uh, his good mate uh, Dave Warner. I'm going to be nice to Davey Warner from now on. I've been warned by crime scene. I've only got to be nice for another four days. Is that it? And then I don't have to talk about him anymore. He's not going to play anymore. Uh, we'll have that for you real soon. Uh, by the way, uh, earlier this month, was it last month? Sats and I caught up with Trent Waterhouse. It was one of those turn back time segments to find out what he was up to. If you missed it, well, here it is. The uprights are seven metres away as Prittis goes back and finds Waterhouse. He goes back. Here's Wesser. Wesser's over. There's Penrith's second try. But give a big rap here to Trent Waterhouse. Off the bench, he's a good kid. Two defenders coming in, offloads. In fact, three went in. Richard Villasandy got interested. So we got some clever, skillful ball-playing work from Trent Ward, uh, Waterhouse in that 2003 grand final qualifier. It was right, against Sats? the Warriors. He offloaded to Reese Wesser, the expresser. Now, this man, uh, teammate of yours, he's a fireman. He's played 186 NRL games, 70 Super League in the UK, 12 tests, five origins, my question to you, the house, Trent Waterhouse, <laughs> did, you got sent off in an origin, didn't you? Yeah, I did, yeah. First New South Wales player ever, apparently. What did you do? So I, uh, did, I did absolutely nothing, but, yeah, got sent off. Actually, uh, it was that fight, wasn't it, that fight, Steve yeah, Price? I was, and... break, I was actually trying to break it up. Yeah. Yeah, Steve Price and uh, Whitey. And then you got... Uh, I, think yeah, you, I took a bullet for Whitey. You got let off, didn't you? You got let off the week later at Judiciary, didn't you? Yeah, I had to go. I actually had to go back the next day and then go straight to the judiciary that night. <laughs> so who? So how did Steve Price get knocked out cold out. then? From Price's right hand. Yeah, White, Brett White hit him right on the chin, but just Ooh. just before he hit him, just before Trent Waterhouse right, right. arrived, just as, just as House arrived, he got hit on the chin and knocked him out. But they thought House was the one that Trent Waterhouse was the one that knocked him out. Mm. Mm. Must have been. Who was the referee? Would have been. Was it? Who was it? The grasshopper was he the, uh, was he the ref? Grasshopper. I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was Archer, I think. Okay. Never rated him. No, it was there. So I got copped the copped the share. It was that Suncorp. So I um, yeah, I copped it going off beers, spit, everything. <laughs> Start the tunnel. Yeah. Um, um, he gave me number one. 
So Trent Warhouse, let's let's go back to two thousand and three, and we spoke to our our courageous skipper throughout throughout the week as well, Craig Pig Gower. And I'm going to ask you the same question I asked him. Grand final week, take you back. What can you recall from the week? Don't worry about the game, but what what do you recall about the week itself? I just remember it was a massive it was a massive buzz around the town. I remember you know, we were, it wasn't really much tension. Our boys, like everyone, was just having a ball, mate. It was. It was good fun. Um, you know, I remember we had the, the open training session. The crowd was there. It was unreal. And then we had the, I think we had the grand final breakfast. I think we just, mate, everyone just took it in their stride, really. It was, it was good fun. There was no stress. I think Langie was the sort of coach that it was, you know, made you feel relaxed, made you feel confident. And it was just, mate, it was just a fun week. Mm. It was unreal. Now, I remember talking to Luke Lewis and Luke Rooney, who were only 19 at the time, went to the house and, they always used to say they, they took winning the comp, they just took it in their stride because they were so young. And you're only 22 yourself. You only turned 22 that year. And as a forward, being very young and winning a grand final, did you take it for granted yourself, thinking you'll just you'll be there again in years later? Because I was there firsthand. I saw how much you loved it and how much you celebrated it. But was there a mindset also that, oh, we'll, we'll probably be here again someday? I don't think it's a dynasty. I thought... <laughs> Yeah, how good how is this? I thought, um, yeah, I definitely thought we had a couple more in us. We got close the next year. We made the prelim and um, the Bulldogs got us. But, yeah, it probably did take a little bit for granted. It would have been fun to win one uh, like you did that's later in on in my career. And you probably appreciate it a bit more. Um, but, yeah, it was still, yeah, it's, it's, a lot of guys don't win one at all. So, I'm mm. appreciative to get one and. Um, it was a special year. It was a, it was a special night. Trent, so how special is this current crop of players then? Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, um, they're right up there, mate. They've they got to be in the conversation for you know, one of the best sides ever, you know. Like just to be able to do it so consistently, you know, week after week, year after year, they just keep turning up, lose players, um, and they just keep, they just keep winning, mate. It's, it's, you sit back in awe of it. It's, um, it's very impressive, you know. They're great to watch. Mm. You're a local Penrith boy. You're given your first break by Roycey Simmons. What, what what does football mean to the community of Penrith? Yeah, it means everything. Yeah, yeah mate. And, um, you know, it's, it's a rugby league town. Like, it'll be a city league in, in Australia down there. Um, and you can just tell when the team's going well, you know, the town's going well, and you can just see how it is out there at the moment. Um, you know, they're filling the stadium every week. Um, you know, it's just a buzz around the place, and it's a huge game out there. It's a huge footy town, and, and, it, and it was mate, all, the whole time I was growing up. It was always footy. Rugby league was huge out there. And when the team's going well, the, the town's going well. You know, so it's it's great to see they're, they're right up there, and you know they're, they're dominating the competition at the moment. Who was your junior club? Cambridge Park, home of who? So, um, home of the, uh, the one of the great Penrith players. I don't know, Sats. Freddie Fittler, wasn't it? Ah. Yeah, yeah, free play there. It was okay. a great little club. Uh, yeah, I had a great time playing through the footy out there. It was awesome. So, yeah, great memories. Yeah, we're talking to Trent Waterhouse here, uh, former international and state of origin, and won a comp in 2003 with Sent off in origin. Sent off in origin. Now, when we spoke to Craig Gower during the week, we spoke about some of the celebrations the week after 2003. <laughs> now, were you on the hijacked bus on the Tuesday? or I know Gerds was there, Gowie was there. Were you there as well? 
I'm not sure. <laughs> a lot of people can't remember stuff. I probably was. I remember we were at that house, Kiwi's yep. house. Yep. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, well, I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to inform but you now, I'm House. Sure, you, you were definitely on the bus, okay? <laughs> he doesn't want to incriminate himself. Yeah. Are you, are you, are you tell, tell people I was driving the bus? No. <laughs> <heard that>. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds good. But now, he also did say, Craig Gow, he said, you know, Trent Waterhouse has known Jason, listeners, as, as one of the, the real good guys. If you want to go and have a good time after the game, you've trained together, you've fought together. You've, he's always one of those good guys to go and have a beer with. But Craig Gow said he was very disappointed in you, Grand Final, where he thought you were quite soft. Wow. Well, there's a fair chance Gowie wouldn't remember much of that week. So I don't know if that's credible, mate. Actually, he didn't. He admitted that on. Yeah, I, I, I thought I gave it a real good nudge. <laughs> I thought you were a bit quiet, actually. Yeah, well, for me, it wasn't. I was. I was <laughs> old I, man. I, I was on the. <laughs> I think I was on the dice for being an old man, actually. It's funny because um, <laughs> it's how different is the rugby league play now? Because, I mean, there was no social media back then, mm. right? No no phones on uh, – no cameras on phones or anything like that. Thank God. But imagine like, what you are talking about, <laughs> boys, and what we've spoken to Craig Gare about. You guys hijacked a public bus. Yep. And you actually kidnapped <laughs> a journalist, both extremely illegal. Yep. Mm. And threatened a tattoo parlour guy. And threatened a t- that if you didn't tattoo everyone while intoxicated, we're going. <laughs> you imagine that happening now, Trent? I think, I, yeah, I oh know it was a different world. It was so, it was so lucky to play in that sort of year where you could have a bit of fun and there wasn't as much outrage brigade going on. But um, yeah, it was a great time to play and we did have a lot of fun on and off the field. Hey, House, can you remember now Tony Pultu, who was in our team? His brother Frank was a really good artist who was also a very good player. And he was at South at this stage, and he designed a premiership tattoo. So a majority <laughs> of the players went to get the tattoo, but they got a smaller version of it. And so Luke Rooney, who's 19, he lobbed up later on and said to the tattooist, oh, what do all the boys get? And he showed them this massive tattoo. Remember, it covered his whole shoulder. And he woke up two days later, was trying to find someone to laser it off. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, remember, um, I think it was the, might have been the night after he got it, he had all the all the grain wrapping that wrapped around. Blue Sway was just laughing at it. You know, Wait, what is it? What is he done? That's not real, is it? He's really, he never, mate, we never had any tears. <laughs> yeah, what have I done? Tony pulled to a hid his tattoo from his wife for like three weeks. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, outstanding. That 2003 victory. I know you guys fought it hard on the field against the Roosters, but. I think more action happened off the field after that grand final win, and it's a pity that stuff doesn't happen anymore. True. Yeah, we definitely squeezed every drop out of that uh, <laughs> party for sure. But, um, yeah, that was good times, boys. Got Trent Waterhouse, legend of the game. Thanks for joining us on Sports Day tonight. Thanks, boys. Cheers. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV, captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9. A groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. Boys Welcome back to the show.
Wednesday night edition of Sports Day. Plenty of sport going on. Enthralling first day of the third test today. Pakistan 313 all out. One over for the Aussies. Dave Warner, six not out. Uzi didn't even face a delivery. In the uh, BBL, six is six for 113 off 17 and a half overs. Edwards, 15 not out. And Abbott's eight not out. Struggling a bit. Looks like a pretty slow pitch. Uh, in Coffs Harbour, uh, again, oh, another wicket. Make that seven for 113. Abbott bowled by Swepson. He's got the figures of one for 24. He's got two balls to go. Um, yeah, I'm so surprised they've actually got a game. Um, great work by the curators in Coffs Harbour to get a get a game away today. If you saw that yeah, image on Christmas Day, holy moly. That was unbelievable. Hey, just on the text, I've got one here from someone who's not happy. Um uh, hello, guys. Happy New Year. It's um, Shagger from Lisbon. We have a lot of listeners who call themselves Shag. Anyway, Shagger, uh, thanks for your text. Uh, he's not happy with the comments I made about Dave Warner, uh, hoping that he would have played on that first over and, and, and gotten out. Um, it's a bit of tongue-in-cheek, Shagger, to be honest. I, I'm not a, fa- a fan, massive fan of Warner, but I it, a bit of it is, is tongue-in-cheek. Um but the bit, yeah, anyway, disrespecting people, doesn't know how I've got a job. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for your text, Shagger. I thought I'd read it out because I appreciate getting your text messages. Um, Big J Dog says, how about Appy at six and Jerome at seven? Not a bad call. What are your thoughts on that? 0457 736 736. Spoke to Michael Carianas. Uh, from the Telegraph before, and he thinks Jerome will play at seven. So who do the West Tigers get to fill that number six position? Let us know your thoughts. 0457 736 736. Uh, St. Boyd listening through 2HD Newey. G'day, St. Boyd listening in the shed, playing with the dog and having a few bourbons. Drink responsibly. Um yeah, see, he says Hope Warner doesn't get his bag of green back so he knows what being cheated is like. Oh, I do hope he gets it back. I really do hope he gets his bag of green back. Hopefully someone does come to their senses and go, listen, we are going to give this away. Or who knows? But he does deserve to get that back. He's got two of them. One that he couldn't wear anymore, so he's got his replacement. Um, so, yeah, that's one thing. I think someone stealing his baggy greens is pretty scummy. Hello from 2025. The smash hit Katy Perry song, Eye of the Tiger, will be played again a lot thanks to Luai. Michelle from Dubbo, very, very happy West Tigers supporter. Woogie uh, and Daddy, Luai's signing will be a game changer for West. The best coaches make the best recruiters. And Benji has his man. Yeah, big, big signing for Benji. Luai is a winner, a fierce competitor. He will drive standards in the playing group to be better. Something the joint venture club has lacked. Yeah, that's right. Agree with that. That being leadership within the playing group, Luai's signature will undoubtedly attract further talent to Concord for 2025. Yeah, uh, thanks for your text, Daniel from Prairie. Would have said that to, um, I asked Michael Carianis that question as well. He says, it has to. But they've got to, they've got to get the pairing in the halves with Luai right. Um, and it's going to be a different role for Lua. He's going to be the he's going to be the leader in the halves. He's the one who's going to be driving what happens. Uh, whereas at the moment he just plays what's in front of him, and Nathan Cleary does all of that for him. So 
It's a change of role for Jerome Luai, and hopefully he's up to it and he's got the right number six or seven. Depends which jersey he ends up wearing at the West Tigers uh, next to him. Any suggestions on who that should be, let us know. 0457 736 736. Got some sports news for you. Josh Giddy delivered his best performance of the season today as Oklahoma defeated the Eastern Conference powerhouse, the Celtics, 127-123, as Giddy shot a season-high 23 points with eight rebounds and six assists. What's been going on with his personal life? He's had a few issues, hasn't he? Um, Alex Demonor was in action tonight against uh, the Joker as they face off in the United Cup single playoff. Demonor uh, upset Nadal last year in the United Cup and has been great form this summer after defeating number 10 ranked Tyler Fritz in straight sets 6462 at RAC Arena on Monday night. Yeah, Brett Phillips, our tennis expert uh, here at SEN, he, he thinks Demon Earl uh, is well and truly a top 10 player. In fact, we're going to have BP on the show tomorrow night as the tennis season uh, warms up in Australia. Australian punter Tory Taylor has broken an 85-year-old major college football record with the most punt yards in a single season. Now, the previous mark of 4,138 yards was set by former Mich- Michigan State punter John Fingal back in 1938. Nearly 100 years old, 85-year-old record. Taylor now sits on 4,479 yards, 340 more than Fingal. Great history of punters from Australia playing, uh, well, not just college football, but playing in the NFL, isn't there? Particularly uh, former AFL players. And this is the great, this is the best story of the year so far for me. I love this. English teenager Luke Littler, uh, affectionately known as Luke the Nuke, he's only 16 years of age, will uh, will face Luke Humphreys in the final tonight of the World Darts Championship. I've seen these on KO. Um, He'll be the youngest player to ever play in the final. What's his secret to success? Well, he has a kebab after each win. How good's that? He likes going out for a donut kebab after he wins every game. And that's his secret to success. He's already pocketed well over £100,000 in prize money for making the final. And I'll tell you what, he's a fair income good chance of, of making. He got through the top four easily. He, he thrashed his competitor 6-2. So he's a really good chance. I, I'll have to check this out tomorrow on KO, look out for him. 16-year-old English teenager Luke Littler. Luke the Nuke will face off against Luke Humphreys in the final, which will be tomorrow morning, our time. This is Sports Day. Uh, Jason Matthews here tonight. Updated score on the, the cricket. Another wicket has fallen. The Sixers are now 8 for 127 on what is a really tough wicket to bat on in Coffs Harbour. Um, they're going to have their work cut out for them, the Heat when they chase down these runs, I think there's about nine balls left uh, in the innings. Want to get involved in the show? Uh, let us know. 0457 736 736. How are you listening tonight? We'd love to know what you're up to. Damo from Ballina. Damo's back. G'day, Damo. Happy New Year to all our listeners. Yeah, thanks, mate. And uh, Happy New Year to your clan as well. Um, Steve from Dubbo's been on the text. Said that was outstanding by Glenn as per usual. Where can I buy his book or is it in, in volume form like all masterpieces? See, that's a very good question. And will there be the other things? Will there be an audio book? 
We got, I mean, all good books. Well, don't all books now, Steve, have an audio book that goes with it? I mean, I've, I could listen to Glenn for, for months, read his audio book. Another uh, text here from Troy and Georgie. Nathan Lyon dismissed the tale ended today. He is an obvious, he's in obvious decline. And the selectors should have flooded Australian cricket's fastest bowl of wild thing and deferred to Steve Smith to bowl spin. Well, at one stage today in the cricket, we had we had Travis Head bowling spin. We had Marnus bowling spin. So there are some options there. I don't know. Is is Nathan Lyon in decline? I thought I thought the Aussie bowlers just lost their way uh, at the end of the day, not even trying to get Jamal out. He was just doing his own thing. They were trying to get the other tail ender uh, at the other end. This is a guy who's only played three test matches for Pakistan. Jamal makes 80-odd today. But at no stage did they set a field to try and get him out. It was just to give him a single to get him off off strike. I think Australia really wasted an opportunity. That 10th um, that wicket partnership, 86-run partnership, second most for Pakistan against Australia, by the way, uh, for, for the 10th wicket by one run. They just missed out on, on on breaking that record, which has been around since the 70s. But, yeah, I don't know if Nathan Lyon is in decline. What are your thoughts? 0457 736 736. In fact, of all the pitches he plays on in Australia, the SCG is 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 not the best for him. So, yeah. Anyway, what are your thoughts? Is Lyon nearly reaching the end? I, I don't think so. 0457 736-736, break time. We'll catch up with Usman Kawaja after the break. He spoke to uh, Adam Collins and Barat Sundarajan about his great mates, Davey Warner, next on Sports Day. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. Yes, welcome back to it. This is Sports Day. Want to get involved? Love to know what you're up to tonight. 0457 736 736. Uh, what about Danger? He's in Darwin having his own little holiday. All the best for the Easter holidays. Danger, you're going to be there that long, uh, having a bit of a party, are you? Good on you, Danger. Hope you're healthy too, mate. 0457 736 736 is our text number. Eight for 141. The six is made in coughs. Great. Good score. I think that's competitive enough given the pitch conditions. Uh, a bit of a slowish outfield as well, but eight for 141. The heat needing, obviously, 142 uh, to take the Chockeys in Coffs Harbour tonight. Daniel from Prairiewood, again on the text. Undoubtedly uh, one of our smartest listeners. Gents, I can't see West Tigers re-signing Dewey beyond 2024 with Sullivan, Galvin and Luai on the books for 2025. Dewey's injury history alone, whilst unfortunate, may count against him, not to mention the emergence of young Western Suburbs junior Lachlan Galvin coming through. Uh Prioritising the young Magpies playmaker is essential. Caesar could also be retained as a stopgap until Galvin uh, is ready to partner Luai in 2026. Yes, Caesar can play either six or seven. 
Good text, Daniel. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I reckon West Tigers supporters are just probably still celebrating the decision today from Jerome Luai to ink that five-year deal. I thought initially it was going to be four years, but it's five now. 1.2 mil a season, so $6 million deal. And he said he's, I don't know, if you heard the announcement? If you haven't heard it, I'll just play it for you again now. This was Luai at his press conference today. Probably the toughest decision um, of my career and probably life so far. So without further ado, man, um, for 2025, I'll be heading to the West Tigers to continue my career. The obvious reason was a great opportunity for me to provide and create for my family, but um, also to create something for myself. I've had a great connection with Benji, and he's sort of, we've just spoken about the future and, and what he sees in me and moving forward. So I'm really excited about it. Um, excited about the challenge as well. Um, like I've seen a few headlines about, you know, who would go from the top to the bottom sort of thing. And, and it resonated with me just because um, I'm always backing myself to win no matter where I go. I'm excited for the challenge, like I said, and hopefully I can bring that, that belief to the boys in 2025. Yeah, nice, nicely said today by Jerome Luai at the West, uh, well, at his press conference. It's interesting, um, Michael Cariana said earlier today, and he said on radio this morning on SEM with Jimmy Smith, he said uh, he's not a big fan of the cooling off uh, period, the 10-day cooling off period, because it seems like it's been more than that, but obviously public holidays aren't counted. Um, one thing that he did say, and, and I reckon this is the reason we have to do it, instead of the managers going, listen, we've got an offer for Luai. Um, it's from the West Tigers. It's this. They could easily inflate that price and try and squeeze more out of the club that that player is with. And that's their job, right, to get as much money as they can for their players. But um, the one good thing about it is they've got a lodge the West Tigers have to lodge an amount with the NRL before uh, the cooling off period kicks in. So once they've got that offer sitting on their table, the 10-day cooling off period starts. So it stops managers from overinflating what that amount could be. That is the one side of it I do like. So, yeah, very good stuff. Um, yeah, Luai going to the West Tigers from 2025. It means he's got to. Um, it means he's got to stick out that extra year uh, at the Panthers. That's going to be tough. West Tigers fans, no doubt, will be watching on, hoping um, he does. <laughs> he doesn't um, get injured in twenty twenty four before he joins the Tigers. He also spoke about Benji and how um, he motivated him. Yeah, man. Um, my first game in rugby league was that grand final. We're out in camp. We're out on a camping trip with my family and. Um, Getting to see that guy do his thing out there just sort of inspired me. And, you know, ever since that point on, I think I had one Tigers tail. I wouldn't let my mum wash it, you know. So um, I've always been a big, big fan of Benji just for the way he holds himself. Um, got the opportunity to chuck the boots on with him in, in Maldi's camp and actually room with him, which, which was pretty cool for me. So um, it's exciting. I've watched him play. I've played against him. I've played with him. And, and now I get to get, be coached by him in 2025. So it'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Good words, Luai. Well spoken. Uh, 556 has been on the text. So Jerome Luai goes from 850 to 1.2 million after tax. That's an extra 185,000 per year. I'm not surprised he left. That's a massive increase. Tommy from Sydney. Thanks, Tommy. Yeah, it is. 
and, and you, I mean, you worked that out. That's eight hundred thousand nearly over. <coughs> excuse me, over. Well, more than that. It's nearly a million dollars more over the contract term. So yeah, good on him. I would never begrudge an athlete earning as much money as possible. You've only got a small window of opportunity to make money from the game. So well done, Jerome Luai, setting himself and his family up for the rest of his life. And hopefully with that brings good fortune to the West Tigers. Hey, earlier today, Adam Collins and Barat Sundarazen from the SEN cricket commentary team caught up with uh, Uzi Kawaja and asked him some questions about his great mate, Dave Warner. Usman Kawaja, thanks for joining us on SEN Test Cricket. Uh, first things first, the question the nation's been wanting answered overnight, is David Warner's, David Warner's baggy green showing up? <laughs> I don't think so, not yet. I, I've been trying to get updates from him and asking him, but it hasn't. It's, um, it's not an ideal situation. It's, uh, hopefully it turns up. It's uh, something that obviously all of us cherish, and I know he does too, so fingers crossed it turns up. So we've got this chance to talk with you and celebrate Dave's career and your relationship with him is quite emotional at his press conference the other day when talking about uh, the rapport you two have going all the way back to when you are little kids. I mean, your reflection on your uh, long-standing relationship with David Warner. Uh, I think when you reflect on it, I try to not reflect on it too hard because I probably end up what Davey was like and it's there's a lot of emotions that go with it because you've been there so long, you never think, you, know, you always want to play for Australia but you never 100% think you're going to and then when it does happen, um, you know, you share it with your family, but to be able to share it with your family and your close friends and, you know, someone you've grown up playing for such a long time. And I think because we come full circle, you know, we were five, six years old when we were first met. And now our kids around, you know, five, six and eight, nine, I think some of his, uh, uh, Ivy his might have been the oldest there. So when you kind of reflect on that and you see how it's gone full circle, it can get a little bit emotional. It's, it's beautiful in its own right. So, yeah, it's really cool. It, but... Both of you have been through so many ups and downs, uh, Usman. So how, has that relationship like kind of evolved as well, just the way you are with each other on the field, off the field? Um, yeah, I mean, we're always close, but probably, you know, he was out of the game for a year. It was a tough time. It was tough for him. It was tough for his family. I made sure I kept in touch, just like I did with Steve, but particularly with Davey because he probably caught more than anyone during that time. And I think he respected that, like, you know, when things aren't going your way, you find out who your real friends are. And I never stopped being in touch with him, seeing how his family was going. Met up with him when he was in, whenever I come, came to Sydney. So, um, Davey's one of the most loyal people you'll meet. Um, and I think he knows that I've always been loyal to him. He's always been loyal to me, and we share that friendship. Does your mother still think he's a shaitan? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she sees that face. Once she got that face as a youngster, she'll never forget that face. Yeah, and now she sees her kids. I think they're the Shadans now. <laughs> Just on Warner, the batsman. Have you got a favourite David Warner moment, watching him be it down the other end or up in the dressing room? Uh, mine was probably watching him score 100 in the first session out here, I think. Yeah. So, um, we played against Pakistan, the series. Him and Matty Renshaw went out to bat, and that innings was unbelievable. I mean, you could kind of fathom a 100 in the first innings or maybe a really flat wicket in the subcontinent or somewhere else where the wicket might deteriorate and get a lot worse, but... It's never an easy first session in Australia, no matter what wicket you're on. So for him to do it in that first session, uh, it was special. Even when I went out there and batting, I think I was like 10 or, 10 or 20 balls. I'm like, man, I better get a move on here. This is, this is getting a bit ridiculous. And he, I've never seen anyone do that in the first session before. Obviously, you didn't see Victor Trump or Victor Trump or Donald um, Bradman do it. So, yeah, it was pretty special. What is it about him technically that set him apart and allowed him to score so freely at such a high strike rate for such a long time? 
I think that's where it did. He put a lot of pressure on the bowlers, particularly early on. It's, um, you know, opening's always the toughest time to bat. Uh, but he found a way to just put pressure on the bowler. They're good balls. He had that back foot punch. I always said that back foot punch was the one that really solidified him as one of the great openers because they bowled a nice length ball and he back foot punched it for two or four. And as a bowler, you think, well, where do I bowl to him now? And that's what made him so special. He's very hard to bowl to. He put a lot of pressures on, pressure on the bowlers. And in return, he got a few, few freebies because of the pressure he put on him. You spoke about your relationship off the field. You two are very different characters in the middle. You're in, in a trance. He can't stop talking. So how does it play out between you two while you're out there in the middle? No, I talk. I talk. I talk more. I talk more than what Stephen Smith would to him. Stephen <laughs> Smith doesn't say a word. Uh, Marnus is not bad either. But uh, no, we talk. We we talk about the weekend. Then once we're into our rhythm a, a little bit, we we start talking about other stuff and joking around. It just yeah, we've always had a good rapport batting. We've always scored runs together. Obviously, batted a long time together since we were kids. But no. We, we're very different people, but on the field when we're batting, we're not too dissimilar, other than how we go about it. Uh, not to look too far ahead, Usman, but in a week's time, you'll need another partner out there in the middle. Um, do you get a big say on it? I mean, considering you are the senior opener, or not? if not a big say, at least not a choice, but would you have like some thoughts on like who you would like to open the batting with? I think everyone's got thoughts. I don't have a say, choice, or preference. I'd, I've been quite... Open, honest. I selectors, and I know, will pick who they think is the best for the job, and that's who they should pick. Who they think is the best for the job long term. Not. It's never a case of who's in most form right here, right now. It's who do you think the best next batsman is to fill that spot? Um, and whoever the selectors go with, I'm happy. Like all the contenders that are up for it, I get along with all of them. There's not many, too many people in cricket that I don't get along with, and I can't figure out and get you know a rapport with. So, to be honest, that. The selectors will do their choice. It's a tough decision. I'm going to be honest. It's a tough decision, but uh, that's why they get paid the big bucks, eh? That's why. Yeah. Usman <laughs> <laughs> Khwaja, thanks as always for joining us on SCN Test Cricket. Good luck this week. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Yeah, the rumour today, just on that, is that I'm starting to hear a whisper that Steve Smith could open the batting for Australia and replace Dave Warner after this Test match. Interesting choice. Not on the right side of 30 for mine. But, yeah, that, that room is getting stronger. And when you think about it, Australia have only got this test. So once Warner's gone, we've got two tests against the West Indies, two tests against New Zealand, and then you would assume probably three tests this side of Christmas against India. That's if we start late November like we usually do. So it's a pretty quiet test year this year for the Aussies. In this calendar year, 2024, I think we've got about eight tests in total. So maybe, yeah, eight tests in total. So do you do you put Steve Smith in there and you think, oh, I've only got, I've only got New Zealand, West Indies and we'll look at it before the Indian Test Series. I don't know. What do you think? 0457 736 736. But the drums are getting louder for Steve Smith to open the batting. Then who replaces Smith? I don't know. I've got a headache. This is Sports Day. Back in a moment. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. 
This is Sports Day. Welcome back to Sports Day. About to wrap this baby up for a, another night. Thank you so much for uh, for getting involved in the show today on the text. Um, some very insightful comments tonight. Uh, heat none for three, chasing 142 for victory against the Sixers in Coffs Harbour. Ooh. Munro's one not out and Brown two not out. Hey, we know we're talking about, uh, what is it, Lethal Luke or Luke the Nuke? Uh, Daddy Vass, welcome to the studio, by the way. G'day, mate. Uh, yeah, we're talking about Luke the Nuke. Uh, Luke Littler, the little 16, well, not little 16, but 16-year-old is playing in the Dart World Darts Championship. He could he could overtake um, Travis Head. As the, the best, actually. The best bloke in sport. Just hold up. Well, yeah, or kid, teenager. Um, Travis Head today, under the helmet, looked like David Boone. Mm. He is doing his best. He's got a rank mo like you, <laughs> but he's he's looking more and more like David Boone every day. So I just I've just worked out the time. Luke will be in action tomorrow morning, seven o'clock uh, Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Bit of bit of uh, bacon and eggs and chuck that on. Yeah, do that. <laughs> um, that's going to be uh, on Ko tomorrow morning. Hey Wookie, what? Just looking at our lineup for tomorrow, just quickly. Yeah, we got BP on. Brett Phillips, yes. Yeah, doing a bit of a tennis update for us. Yes. I've got Candace Warner on. <laughs> I'm already copping it from Shagger and Lismore. <laughs> All right, to stop. <laughs> and crime scenes give me a dressing down today too, so maybe deserved. I'm just going to say nothing for the next four days. Um, now, this is uh, John Doe, no fixed address. If I gave Warner's cap back, would he just admit he is a cheater? Sandpaper gate. Again, they're not my words. Hi, guys. Hope Luai doesn't go missing like he did against Cronulla after Wade Graham hit him with a bell ringer tackle. That's from 281 tonight. Some of that text is missing. Yeah, big show tonight. Uh, tomorrow night, Brett Phillips. We'll have a look at the uh, Demon Ore versus Joker match, which is on tonight's. Quick joke for you. Oh, no, you're not doing last laugh, are you? Why did the chewing gum cross the road? I don't know. Because it was stuck to the chicken. All right, okay. Uh, this is Sports Day. None for three, the heat. Chasing 142. I'm going home. Thanks for your involvement tonight. Catch you tomorrow.